podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Lots of Everton fans in the chats already this morning, this evening. Um, I'll delighted that some fellas scored a goal. Uh, this is Liverpool fan channel. I book it off. Um, good evening. Welcome along to the forum. Uh, it is, of course, uh, me. I'm looking in. We've got Abos in. The Reclaimer LPL is in. And we'll see loads of people coming along. Hopefully now we don't get blown away because uh, the big storm Barrett is on the way to Ireland. on a all the schools have been closed because they just need an excuse to close all the schools as ever. Um, parents are going to crack up. What like what are we going to do? We're going to end up having to take the kids out to like supermarkets and shopping centres and stuff like that. Because what else? You're not going to stay in the gaff all day long. The last time we had a joint storm, um, they shut everything, and it literally was in half an hour of a really big breeze, and then it was gone. Like it was. This isn't tornado country or or mad hurricane country. So, touch wood, nobody gets injured, nobody gets hurt. And uh, we all live to see a better time. Anyway, uh, that's the crack tonight. I'm joined to my this side of me here is of course Shane Davern. Below is Garbrain, and then over there in Barcelona is of course Peter Smith sings. Peter Smith uh, looking well in his Tim Sherwood gilet. Uh, as, as we approach the Aston Villa game, he has revived the ghost of Tim Sherwood and uh, he's lashed it over. I think he's he's actually celebrating um, the fact that David Moyes has adopted gilet as his lucky jacket for this season as well. Um, and that's all we've got. Um, tonight, we're going to be talking about four topics. Uh, what's the what's the four topics? Oh yeah, uh, Dava wants to talk about December. Thinks it's pretty relevant and topical because it's Christmas time. Uh, Garrett wants to talk about the midfield balance. Pete wants to talk about how Liverpool's the best thing ever, and I want to talk about the Mo Salah contract because I think that's the most important thing ever. Um, but that's that's the story. Uh, so I'm going to start on a random random topic generator. Um, I hope. That everyone, I want to get everyone's comments in. Uh, we're going to be doing probably about 60, 65 minutes. We're not going long, but this isn't going to be an hour and a half or whatever like that. Um, as you all know, we're going to have to feed the baby in about an hour and a half. So I want to be well off at that stage and, and then I'll settle because I want to have the, the NFL network on some, some proper football to watch rather than this show. Um, so with that, let's start. It is December. If I had my way, I'd have Dominic Tonky as the intro tune here. Uh, but I don't. So Davo. December. Yep. It's a really, really important month. Um, a really, 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 really important month. And uh, probably the importance of it can't be underestimated given that Steven Gerrard is arriving at Anfield this mm. week with his Aston Villa team. We go and play uh, the 2005 Istanbul Cup again um, in, in AC Milan. And uh, there's all the games that are coming up. So, Davo, talk to me. December. Why is it yeah, so important? Look, uh, b- big month. Big month for us. Particularly like what me and you talked about earlier, January is kind of really a dead month when it comes to the league because you've got mm. not a dead month, but you've got you've got two FA Cup weekends. We only play two league games, and luckily enough for us, with the boys going after the Afcon, um, 
January kind of fades a bit compared to December because I had a look there. I actually looked at the fixtures of who everyone plays, and we have probably the the toughest run over December compared to the other two. Then probably Chelsea and City have the handiest one. Unfortunately, like you said, we Villa. Then we play Newcastle Spurs. That we have an extra game thrown in with the League Cup as well. Look, it's probably going to be the kids, but there will be some bodies out there. Then Leeds and Stevens Day, Leicester again, and we kind of finish up our New Year's Day games the day after. It's Chelsea. So that's a huge one. So just with all them games. Um, so is that a New Year's Day game or the day after New Year's Day? The, the day second, after isn't it? Second. Four the second. It's not the New Year's great, Day. Great, great. Yeah, the day, the day after New Year's Day. All right, God, yeah. yeah, so... Uh, Red Steve wants to know, Pete, have you still got the dreads? Yeah, I do. Oh, he does, do. yeah. There he is there. He's like, he's like a really old Virgil van Dijk. Go on, I mean, let's talk about the day Creaking. after. The day after the New Year's Day is the Chelsea game. Go on. The Chelsea game. So that kind of finishes like a, a big run. What's that? That's uh, that's six league games between now and, and the second of January. You've, you've uh, we've AC Milan thrown in tomorrow. We've left on the League Cup thrown in Christmas week as well. Um, Chelsea are in the similar boat because they they're obviously still in the League Cup. Uh, City aren't. But I just think it's I think it's huge going in. If we can be, it's people are kind of saying if we can be. Within touch and distance after the AFCON, missing the two boys, I, I think December is a bigger month. And if we can be in touch and distance coming out after the Chelsea game, it's going to be much bigger than um, than after them two January games in the AFCON. So I was wondering, what do you think on that? Gareth Breen, it's been a while since you're on the forum. What do you think? Is December the more important month than January? Um, and is it how important is it is to have another good December? Just we'll point out so you have a bit of a context going into this. December since 2017, I think we played 26 games. We've won 24 and we've drawn two and lost none. Something mad like that, right? If you look, look at that December, obviously we've got Gerard coming. Then you've got Newcastle side who are <laughs> you don't know what you're going to get out of them they're not a great side they got a, a, a jammy win yesterday let's be honest about it you go to Spurs under Conte again you don't know what you're going to get out of them um, because he's, he's still yet to get a tune out of them Leicester in, in the cup you'll probably see a lot of the kids playing that anyway let's be honest about it then you go to Le- you got Leeds who I think are, are, are absolutely jaded looking uh, mm. any time I've seen them seen, I think they're totally born out the Leicester one on the 28th I, th- I think we beat them um, they're, they're no great shakes this season as we've seen uh, they're so inconsistent it's unbelievable they don't look at them a shadow of the last two seasons themselves I, I, I think January is the toughest you think January is the toughest yeah just, just just with the runs you got Chelsea you got Brentford correct at Anfield mm. uh, you've got Palace who have been a bit inconsistent. Again, you got Leicester. I think we get you. Know, it's just that bogey Burnley game. We, we've it's been a couple of games this year. We've dropped city points in. Have we really? The Brentford game, um, be, be, being a game we drop stupid points in. Um, but Norwich doesn't. Norwich is February. So sorry, Burnley is uh, into February. So mm. no, I think I think it's just the Chelsea and the Crystal Palace ones that jump out as bogeys for me. Just Palace because it's Selhurst Park. It's 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 not a nice place to go. We know obviously we battered them down there recently enough. 
But uh, if, if with Vieira, they're, they're a bit different. They're, they're starting to play. They're decent. They're decent. Yeah, they're starting they're to play. Gallagher is, is excellent, yeah. as I pointed out to Pete last year in one of our random pick generator jobs. Uh, he's been excellent for them this season, to be fair mm. to him. Um, but they are playing football. And he's, to be fair to Vieira, he's getting a tune out of But to me, January is a tough one looking at the Chelsea game because it's obviously the, the, the big one. Where and, and to be honest, lads, January is where we've we've derailed. Obviously, it was different, obviously, with all our injuries, but we have had a bit of uh, in different form some January. Bar the one we won the league. Pete, I'm going to just jump in. I'm just going to jump in, Gar, because I, I completely disagree <laughs> with you. Just completely. And I'll tell you why, because we only played two games after Chelsea in January. Played Brentford yeah. and Crystal Palace. The Leicester games in February. So when, when when it boils down to it, if we make a bag's arse of December where we've got one, two, we've got let's see, you've got you've got one, two, three, four, five league games against three league games in January. January is irrelevant if we don't keep ourselves together through mm. December. Um, and I think this year the January itself is a bit more kinder than previous years because of the cup games that are going to be thrown in there in, in, in January with the FA Cup and, and all look you don't have to even play a team in the FA Cup I think we could play Shrewsby shit, shit. you know like who cares no I don't even want to be in that competition we're you in start, the knockout phase. start the in that game yeah but look we're in the knockout phase of, of the Champions League if we beat whoever we're playing in the Caribou Stork Nightmares Cup we're into the final of that right in February you can just park a league game in, in February as well so like for me, December is 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 the key. December is the key. If, if we get you, you build up towards that Chelsea match, and then you take whatever you get out of Brentford and and Crystal Palace. And if, to be honest with you, if you're going to miss Mo and Sadio, um, and who else is going to the Afcon? Kate. Uh, Kate. If he's fit. No, but I, I, I think I think Kate is important because of the way our midfield is going at the moment, and we yeah. have we have yeah. had a injuries over the course of the start of the season. So if we're going to miss Kate, to, uh, Mane, and Salah for two games, two or three games, I would rather them be the Palace, Brentford, and Leicester games um, than say the Chelsea, Tottenham, and whoever else we have in December games that we were talking about there, Villa. I think, I think, the, more the, point, I think more the point is, is that, listen, you can, you can definitely lose the league in December with the, with the amount of games and the quick uh, period of time. If you don't get it right, you can be pretty far adrift going into January looking at losing the two boys. So like I said, I think we can be in it when the two boys go and we can right there after January. Listen, I'd, I'd be very confident because like you said, them two FA Cup games, Shrewsbury, there's going to be a lot of kids playing against that. You'd expect yeah. still to get through and then you have the other, the other FA Cup games at the end of January. Yeah. Go on. Peace. Join us. Join us in, in your opinions on whether December is important or January. I'm not worried about it at all in any shape, way, shape or form. I think, and I'll make more of it when, I, when it gets onto my topic. I think teams are, are setting up to try to not be beaten badly by Liverpool. I think Liverpool, not talk about in a few minutes, are on a completely different level 
at the moment to everybody else. I think it's a culmination of a couple of things. We, a lot of Phil, you made a point a long time ago, and it always resonates with me about shiny new things. You know, I, I look at clubs adding shiny new things all the time, and it takes a long time realistically to get realistically to get those players embedded. The fact that we haven't, and you know, we spent a lot of our fans and people in this forum spend a lot of time in the summer bemoaning the fact that we weren't adding this guy, we weren't bringing that guy in. We've had a lot of guys come back from injury, and a lot of guys being involved in and around the squad now for a long time. The the for the for the por lo menos as we say in Spanish for the for the least time it's probably eighteen months for the most important players like Thiago, and they just Mo Salah himself made the point at the weekend we all know each other. And basically, we're coming for you. You know, it's. I'm not worried about Spurs. Not worried about Leicester. Certainly not worried about Newcastle. I'm not worried about Crystal Palace. Their only plan for us will be to not get a hiding from us. I mean, Saturday was disappointing because we didn't score two plus goals, but we were never losing that game. Uh, and I'll make the point later on that you know people talk about Chelsea. I wouldn't swap their attack for ours, their defence for ours. I certainly wouldn't swap. Um, City's defence or whatever, the fullbacks for hours. We are the team not only to beat, we're the team to not get beat by. I'm not worried about anyone. Yeah, we have to go to Stamford Bridge on the 2nd of January. But I'm thinking, can we win? Or, you know, will we? Will they nick a draw? I'm not thinking in any way, shape or form. I don't think we lose another game. Well, we don't we certainly don't lose three three games before the end of the season. This is This is Liverpool. Pouring, and this is everyone else saying, "Let's not get smashed to bits by Liverpool." Is this know, the I, don't even, I, don't even, I don't even want anybody in in January. Pete, no, Pete, Pete, is 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 this not where we were last season? No, we were completely injury bollocksed last I'm, I'm season. About position wise, points wise, everything is this not where we were last season? Yeah, but we were cut. the difference is Phil. We were waiting for it to fall apart. I think this time last. Oh, season. this time last season we were we were talking about how we we're going to walk and march onto the league and that nobody could touch us, know. even though we I had think, the injuries. No, the difference is Phil. This time now, now we've added Konate. We've added a little bit of depth. We've added people who can come in and give us a dig out. For example, I wasn't looking forward to the cup games this this uh, this time last season because I knew we'd be throwing seventeen year olds out. Now I'm thinking we're actually throwing you know the likes of Jones with. Throwing Kanate in, you know, we're throwing a, 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 a real option in Divock Origi. This time last year, we were all, we were all like, can somebody give us 10 million quid for Divock Origi and get him out of here? He's coming in and he's a proper plan B. Listen, I don't know what's going on, whether it's just, it's a, it's a different place now, Phil. I, I just think it's a different place. You I can, mean, look at Arsenal, for example, tonight. Arsenal panicked by, panic bought in pre season. How much did they spend? They about 150 million in preseason, and I, just to be, yeah, they spent a lot. I don't know what I don't know what exactly it was. They, they, they are they worse off? Are they any better off than they were last year? I don't know. Everton have spent an awful lot of money. I'm talking about those two clubs because I looked at them tonight. I mean, compared to Liverpool, I didn't know any of those players were any use playing against Liverpool. I mean, I've looked at Gray. Okay, he looks a little bit sharp, but he he didn't touch the ball twice in a row against us. I know he he, he did score. Well, look at some of the Arsenal players didn't get a touch against us. We're on see this. I think I think he hits the claim on LPL hits the nail in the head here. When we lost Matip, that's when it that's when the disaster happened. Because mm. at that point mm. we were playing a traffic cone, two wellies, and a <laughs> tractor tour as centre backs for the best part of a month. Right. M- my worry, um, 
was that the AFCON was going to have a huge impact on the, the league campaign, right? Um, and we potentially lose them for Chelsea, Brentford, Crystal Palace, and that game, Leicester, in, at the start of February. Potentially, that's, that's who you're losing. Sadio Mane, Keita, and Salafer, right? You're losing Salah is huge. Right? We'll, we'll get on to him later on. Um, losing Mane is big if Firmino isn't back fully fit and firing at that stage. Um, and losing Keita is going to impact because the amount of games we have to play between now and the 31st of December. There's a lot of games, five games. We're talking, it's the 6th of December. There's only 25 days left in the year and we have to play five games between now and then. Yeah, true. So th- I, would, I would argue... There's a lot of football. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Oh, but I would argue you could put almost any combination of any three in front of the three midfielders we've got now, Thiago Henderson and Fabinho, and they'd be a threat. I mean, these three guys together, it's it's phenomenal to watch. Uh, really. I, I, I don't. I think you're insane. Really? I don't know. Yeah. I think these this is the best three midfield three we've had in a I don't th- I think the midfield is irrelevant if you don't have war class players in front of them. And I think the the war class players in front of them can't do anything unless they have war class talent in the midfield. And likewise you can't do anything unless you have a war class defence to stop the goals going in at the we back. We have end. a war class defence and we've got war class cover. That's the difference in defence. War class cover I'd maybe like, not right back. War class cover I'd stretch up, up up front. Up front we haven't we've never and this is this is the key for me. We have never had to go more than one match without Mohamed Salah being available for us. Never since he started the club. That would be a miss against anyone. To be even even when he did his shoulder, he managed to fix it in the summertime, and he was back in time for mm. the start of the next season. Well, I think there's talks from what Klopp was saying. They're talking to the the like the Afghan countries. I think the Chelsea game. I think they're going to be all right for. So looks like looks like. It will be just the brand for the Palace. Games, game. Forget, forget yeah. about the FA Cup. I think I, from the like from the talks, club saying, "Listen, we're talking to them," and I think they're confident that the clubs will let them play Chelsea, and then uh, they let them play the Chelsea game, and then then go and fly off because I think it starts on the ninth. That game is the second, so yeah. common sense would say, "Yeah, look at play that game and then come because." Listen, they need to keep the clubs happy as well. It's like it's a it's a mutual uh, Davo, situation. They need to Davo, keep common, common sense would cancel a fucking tournament in the middle of December yeah. with, with a new variant of COVID nineteen running rampage in Africa yep. where this tournament no. is going to take place. I, I think yeah. I'm the only one that's probably going to be allowed to say it, but the African Nations Championship isn't run through common sense. And people can, you know, I seen a quote this week by a man, the Senegal manager who decided he wasn't going to read Jurgen, Jurgen Klopp's quote properly, getting all defensive. Let's be completely honest with you, with you about the, the, the African Nations Championship is an absolute farce and a joke, to be honest with you. And I say this as a proud, my father's Nigerian when he was, Lord of mercy on him. But, it's a joke. It's a corrupt joke. It shouldn't go ahead. And it's almost like toss a coin to see uh, that there's a civil war in that country. Let's just let's just let, let it run anyway. It's an absolute joke. And if, if it was up to the it's up to the powers that be, I'm sure Liverpool would prefer not to release the players. But you have to. There's all sorts of rules. But for me, I think to be honest with you, until think, until things settle down, they should look at having an, an Afcon playoff. In a neutral venue somewhere else, I, I think. I think the I, th- I think the reason I would feel just before you jump back in is the same reason that, that like you said, common sense would say cancel a thing with the, a new variant, etc., etc. It's the same reason that the Cup America went ahead mm. when when 
South yeah. America are up to that tit still and qualifying. Yeah. They've loads of matches. A January window for them yeah. where I, 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 don't, I didn't even fix that into the dates in January. I don't know when that January window is. We're going to lose the Brazilian lads. It's because Com the Ball sold the TV rights and I would assume it's the same in Africa. All them yeah. African stations have sold the rights to South Africa, Nigeria, Egypt, all the football mad countries and they, they want that money. AFCON want that money and they're gonna, that's going to be played come hell or who are. I, I, again, I think it's, it's that it's, it goes back to we go twelve months down the line and we have this stupid World Cup in the middle of the winter as well, right? And it's just like you know, international football, Pete, and it's not just the African Cup of Nations; it's every single international every, football yeah. tournament at this stage. It's yeah. UEFA, it's FIFA, it's all the all the big organisations. Like nobody wants it. Nobody wants to watch it. Nobody wants it in the middle of a season. If it's there in June or July, we're happy for it because there's a gap in the a natural gap in the season that's there. All qualification in these games should take place in the June and July's in between the tournaments, right? Then the tournaments are played in the June and July's, and that's it. That's that's the end of it. Like there's there's just there's no point in playing these tournaments when 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 what's going on and there's probably more chance to sell TV rights, etc. when you have these downtimes, when the, when the European leagues aren't on, because let's be honest about it, lads, it's the European leagues that are the, that are money spinners. It's the European leagues that's driving global TV football rights around the world. Everything after that is just playing second fiddle to them. Mm. So, I, I, you know, I, I think it's a ridiculous tournament. I think it's absolutely, nobody's going to be paying any attention to it. The only attention we'll be paying to it is if any of our players get injured. And that's why, mm. for me, I'm with Davo here, December is the key. December is the key month. If we have, if if we lose players for three or four games across January, we're going to have to learn to live with it. Um, and I'm really, I'm really nervous about how we score goals in the absence of if both Salah and Mane are gone. Because I think, I think Dan Bailey's put that comment. Salah's he's scored 160 Premier League goals and he's been involved in 150. Now I don't know how true that is, and I know that all stats are made up on the spot, but like 98.3% of them are anyways. Um, but like it's just. It feels like every single goal he has a key. He either has a hockey assist, an assist, or he's scoring. It's like it's 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 one of those three, right? Because it's he's just everywhere and he's never injured. He's never mm. ever injured. Like you know what I mean? Like, mm. I can't even think about when the last time he wasn't involved in a pass or something that's involved in the goal that's going on. So, um, Jonathan says we scored four against Barca without Salah. Great. Uh, but he had the t-shirt <laughs> and he never gave up. That was the, it was all Salah. Exactly. Salah had a t-shirt there. Never give up. If it wasn't for Salah, the lads would have given up and it wouldn't have happened. They would have. Right. Um, you, need, you, need to move, you need to move on if you're keeping this to 65 minutes. You want to get <laughs> I'm, I'm, getting, I'm, I'm getting on. So it's... Uh, <laughs> but since since we're talking about, talking about players being missing, Gar, you, you want to talk about the, the balance in midfield and, and the balance that seems to be struck up between Thiago Henderson and Fabinho in that centre midfield, particularly when we're talking about these matches because we've got a big match um, with Everton, and then we've gone to this Wolves game with the lads. So again, you would have looked at Henderson, and, and like Thiago's not getting any younger as well. And the lads put in another shift against what is a decent Wolves midfield as well. And it just seems to have a really strong balance to it um, in terms of what it is. But it's pretty much the yeah, first choice, isn't it? A huge, huge understanding uh, we've seen over the last few games with these guys. And you always talk about you know partnerships and football, and it's becoming more and more prevalent, I suppose, in the modern day where, where everything sort of overanalyzed. And the three of them just have such a variation and a, and a blend between them. Obviously, Fabinho, and we we see them all at times. Film they all play quite high as 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 we do to obviously high press at times. 
But Fabinho's intelligence allows our fullbacks to go all the time. But you've often seen Henderson drop in there to cover Fabinho at times, and and at the weekend a few times I saw Thiago coming in deep. It's it, it's just so it's it it complements each other so so well. But yeah, they've all got very different styles, Phil. Um, you know Henderson, you know, was always seen as that box to box player. We've seen him uh, obviously sitting at six or in an eight at times. Uh, Thiago was obviously seen as as an eight to push forward, and you know, you saw a few week a few past the weekend where he's chipping balls through in behind the fullback in the centre half, and you're, and you're creaming yourself looking at it, going, Jesus Christ. You know this this lad's outrageous, and and then you've 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 Fabinho who can do it from from a deeper angle, who often sets Salah and, and Mane out at times. It's the, the tactical intelligence of the three of them is is absolutely outrageous to watch, um, and uh, with that you've you had Oxen who's doing quite well. To be fair to him, uh, when he's come in lately, um, he, he's he gives us something different than than them three. You've also got obviously we've spoken about Keita slightly. Milner comes in to get a yellow card in the last fifteen minutes of a game. <laughs> we know that generally. You've also got Young Morton who's shown, uh, you know, that he's he's a talent. You add Jones in there when he comes back, and then you've got Elliot to come back into it as well. It's 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 a huge blend, and obviously a couple of them come back in the new year. But the it's just shown the run of games these lads have had together. And how they've dominated midfields, and as you said, that's not a bad midfield we've played against the weekend field. Uh, mm-hmm. bar, bar that running donkey, uh, Troyari, who just you know, you know, he's a handful. Yeah. To be honest, but he's well, he's no yeah. end product. He's no, no end product. So how's he a handful? He basically uh, runs, hits the line, and crosses the ball back to nothing. He's basically just a bigger version of Stuart Downing, and it's a myth. He's, he's another myth. <laughs> Well, that's what he meant. He just barges into people and knocks people over. <laughs> well, he's, nothing he's, not a definite starter. he's not a definite starter for Wolves. So obviously, he doesn't. You're right. He doesn't have a technical. He's an awful he doesn't. Oh, listen, I totally agree with you. He's so quick and strong that he's always going to be a threat mm. when in that transition. I mean, I let's agree, be honest, he only has to get it right yeah. once. A threat, yeah. well, and especially in hours, uh, Pete, where you've got a fullback who's gone. And you've got a big gap in there between a the centre half. Generally, one of our right side of centre half will pull in anyway and try and stop that. But that's all he is. He's pace. You no, know, I mean he's a handful. Is in he's knocked people over. He's a human bowling ball. Let's be honest here. Yeah. Um, but other than that, he's now in product, which I did say. Well, the organization, as Gary, you said, the organization, particularly between Thiago and Fabinho, between them, they were taking turns just to watch him. And yeah. it was just, it was a beautiful, without the ball, Liverpool were just lovely to watch. Don't get me wrong, we weren't without the ball that much on Saturday, but when we were, and Wolves, the whole plan was just get get the ball to, to the to the fast bowling ball. And it was just, okay, I've got him this time. You've got It was just like this, in, out, in. It was beautiful to watch. Really, really nice. But Davo, isn't it interesting that if you were to go and um, poll the most vocal of the Liverpool fans online, Henderson wouldn't be anywhere near that three. No matter how many Terrible. times you, no matter, he's the one that makes it work. No matter how many times you canvass them. Look, it's come here. Like polling on Twitter is, is something <laughs> it, it, like the two words should be using the same sentence because you're not going to get any fucking sense off them. Like for me, I think Gar is right. I think that tree is the is the real balance to it. It's it's a, it's our best tree, and I know we harp on about it a lot, but. For me, when we're at our best, it's I love seeing them triangles like when Henderson's on the right. It's like Henderson, Trent, Salah, triangles there, dragging fellas all over the place, popping pass around, and the same on the left with Robo, Mane, and uh, Thiago. And the encouraging thing was, really encouraging thing was, I think at the start of the season when Elliot was playing, because Hendo had been at the Euros, I thought, 
Elliot was superb. I yeah. kind of on that yeah. right side as, as the right side today, linking up with Trent and Ma as well. So like it's a, it's a re- I just think we're at our best when like them six players are popping the ball around the triangles and fucking dragging teams all over the place. And, and I'm doing the dirty as, work. That I got, that yeah, exactly. Well. And as I was just going to say, Gar, and behind them you have Fabinho, like a comfort blanket. You know and that, like if it, if if it breaks down, he'll be there. He's absolutely fucking class, and he's he's. He's imperious and he's so, so important for how we play. Is that mad though? Like, Pete, when you, when they, like, I'm looking at a lot of comments come in, how some people can be bought on the idea that Adama Traore runs really fast and would equally then turn around and say, well, Henderson only plays sideways. Like, these, these, these sort of takes go hand in hand uh, when you're watching football. Yeah, but the problem is the a lot of people, and without being disrespectful to the people that leave comments, a lot of people watch. It's, it's I don't know if it was you, Gar, that made the point a few weeks ago. It could have been you, Phil, that people watch these segmented highlights because they don't have time to sit down and watch 90 minutes. So they, they'll see something, oh, that's what he does. Oh, and they'll listen to a comment that someone like Jermaine Genus, in his wisdom, makes. And they'll take that as, you know, uh, as fact now. I mean, talking about, it's just lazy, shortcut thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, Like I always say, there's a reason why a lad starts and there's a reason why he doesn't let start. And it's funny, taking Henderson and Adama Traore is the two two great examples. If Adama Traore, you know, in under under a proper manager, under a manager who wants to get it right technical, technically. So, for example, if you've got Joe Moutinho, and you know when to use them, and you know when not to use them. I, mean, I thought, in fairness, your man Lage got his substitutions right. We just kept plugging away. And I was surprised, to be honest with you, that he used the damage already for as long as he did. And I, But I'm not surprised that Klopp uses Henderson in the way that he does. And I think Henderson's been spurred on an awful lot by the fact that I think somebody made the point earlier on. He knows that if he doesn't, Henderson himself, if he doesn't get it right, there's three or four lads waiting to come in and, and get it right. But you're right, Phil. It's lazy, shortcut thinking. Oh, yeah, he's fast, so play him. If that was the case, the lad that's with Leeds that was with Manchester United last year would be Manchester United's player of the year this year and would still be there. You know, he's the best example I can give you. He has all of the physical attributes you'd need to play at the highest level. But if you don't have a brain, I, I'm sorry. You're not so I, I think I think Gar's point is probably the most apt, that there's a balance to this tree. Hmm. They can all do a little bit of what each of the other can do. They all excel at something slightly different to what the other one can do. And they all offer something different. And I think that's where we probably weaken ourselves a wee bit when you look at who the replacements are coming in. So when Ox comes in, it's it's a completely different type of um attack and threat that you get from that midfield. And it almost needs to to sit behind them to just let him run at defences and hope it opens it up, but like 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 in a very blunt method. When Cortis Jones comes in, I still Cortis Jones is, is trying to figure out is he another genuine Aldum or does he want mm. to be a bit more aggressive in his in his style in terms of take running mm. at players and taking them on. Um and then Keita is very different. Again, Keita needs two guys who are prepared to be tactically disciplined and cover his ground behind him. But he has great energy to get on and create stuff because he's, he is very good at true balls and he is very good at... Sp- breaks the lines. Yeah, mm, pretty well. Breaks he, the lines, great. Yeah, mm. he reminds me a lot of... Like, if, if you had... He looks... Do you know what it is? He has that um, vision that Thiago has from deep, but actually in tight spaces and around mm-hmm. players around the edge of the 18-yard box. So, like, when I look at it, that's 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 where it is. But it's about how you balance that out. And very much those other three rely on 
having two of your three that we're talking about that that have a balance there to, to be in place to, to fit them. And if one of them is missing, it weakens the whole midfield. Whereas when you have that three in there, they just complement each other so well. You can almost see why the, the, what they were setting up. They brought Thiago in to line him up and be to be a hundred percent ready for when Mignaldum left. There was no like you can see there was no real concerted effort to keep him when they had when they had Thiago coming in. That's yeah, my opinion. No, it's fair and it's fair. It's yeah. fair to be honest with you. Thanks. <laughs> if you're looking for a debate, you're not going to get one on that point, to be honest. <laughs> and then drop Henderson. He's rubbish. Yeah, you've got, uh, just, just on that Henderson thing, lads, you've got, you know, there's always, listen, he didn't have a great game the weekend. Let's be honest. He, he wasn't outstanding. Uh, but but it's what your partnerships do to, to cover you and obviously to dig you out on a game. And we've all played, lads. You know, you always look to someone to dig you out at times. And, and we always go for the scapegoat in an English player. And Henderson, you know, is a major scapegoat if you go to this Twitterverse. Um, and, and he's bound to have... And it's always this thing with English players where they're seen to pass sideways. Sometimes they're, they're told by an English manager that they just want to recycle possession to the, to, right, to your right-sided, uh, your full-backs or your wingers. That's the way they're told to play. Um, and unfortunately, you know, the Twitterverse sometimes doesn't have that understanding of what they're being told to do within games. So oh, sometimes I tell my midfielders, yeah. just go right and left. Yeah. If, if, if you're the a deepest midfielder, some people, some, some midfielders won't always have that risk about them. You've just spoken about Curtis Jones, who who has risk and who will take risk in a final tour. He's not gonna, you know, very rare he's gonna do that in, a, in his own tour. Yeah, true. And, and it's also, just, yeah. Go, sorry, no, no, you're right. Also, Gareth, I, I think a lot of nobody took into account, and I didn't see anyone kind of talking about the fact that we played Everton seventy two hours before we played Wolves, and. Just the, the pure energy to do that that, that job in, in two games. And he you was know. absolutely, in my opinion, head and shoulders man the match, Pete and, and Henderson against Everton. Yeah. yeah. Head and shoulders man the I, match. To be honest with you, Dabo, I was surprised that he started you know, mm-hmm. in the second game. I thought, yeah. okay, someone else is coming in here. Mm-hmm. You know, but to start him again and for him to, you know, I don't know what people expect. Honestly, I don't know what people are expecting. Mm-hmm. I, I always go back to the same thing about Henderson. People look at him and they say, He's not Steven Gerrard. Do you know what I mean? And that can no, be he's better. Only- he's better. People will say, okay, Gerrard is an incredible player and a once-in-a-generation talent, maybe. But um, Jordan Henderson has won a league title in a Champions League. <laughs> that makes him a better captain. You can't... Silverware is the measure of a captain, right? Mm. And winning the, ultimate, winning the ultimate trophies are the measure of that. Gerard never got over the line when it came to the league and he had two really good shots at it. 08, 09 and 13, 14. Okay? Henderson had two shots at it. Has had three shots at it. Right? He had 13, 14, 18, 19 and got over the line 19, 20. So for me, that's where, that's, that, that's the measure. I'm not saying the measure of a player, but as a captain, Jordan Henderson delivered and delivered on the biggest stage in the biggest way possible. So, there's a balance to these things that goes on. Nobody's well, doubting. Yeah, no, listen, I, I would say that's fair. I would say Gerard never played in, any, in a team like Hendo's playing in the last three, four or five years and he dragged us through an awful lot of games, an awful lot of cup finals. Um, but yeah, look, there's an, there's, there's an argument there. I'm not sure I'd necessarily agree with that, but there's definitely an argument there, yeah. Mm-hmm. Great, um, absolutely a great captain, though. <laughs> 
Oh, wonderful. And I think as a person, you can see what's there. And mm. like, I, I think, I think tactically and discipline wise, again, I think Gerard ultimately was his greatest enemy because Gerard wanted to be the midfielder that, that Henderson plays so well. Mm. And Henderson isn't as good a player as Steven Gerard is, but n- recognizes how to play different roles better mm. than Gerard necessarily did. Right. Mm, yeah. Um, like I think as a 10, as an attacking midfielder and as a 10, Gerard could have been up there with the greatest in the world and we're talking generational great we're talking about players that Listen, won, he, he won players player of the year in England playing on the right side in midfield when Rafa played him in that position and he didn't want to play it he was head and shoulder that was it for me that was prime Stephen Gerrard uh, Stephen Gerrard wouldn't be a midfielder in this Jurgen Klopp team Stephen Gerrard would be playing with that where, where, Roberto, where Roberto Firmino plays yeah. at a diff, yeah. and we'd be playing at a different level to absolutely everything else his finishing as finishing as a player, Gerard's finishing as a player was as good as a centre forward, right? Mm, yeah. His vision and his ability to drop off. Could you imagine if you had Gerard playing in the middle of both Mane well, and Salah on either, on either side? Mm. Because his ability to head the ball and find space and drop off and find gaps as the midfielders go past him. This fellow, we would be talking mm. about him as being better than Messi, better than Ronaldo. That's what we're... That's, yeah. That's where his genius was because he could his ability outside the box is better than Firmino's. It's one thing Firmino doesn't have. He doesn't have that that shot from 25, 30 yards. Mm. Gerard had that in his locker all day long. Mm. And then he'd be having massive fights over who was taking set pieces. So yeah. I, to me, that's that's where when I look at Gerard, I just wish I would just wish that the, the English mindset was so different that it was more of the 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 the, the desire to have your best player playing as a 10 as opposed to... The, a, he looked at it once. Remember, they yeah. played him up as a centre-forward, England, and he scored. And then they and then they continued their usual... Did it behind and, Torres uh, a few times as well? Mm. Did, it most, it, it, did it, his it, best work behind Torres in, yeah. in that Rafa side. Yeah. So, I, I, I honestly... Honestly, for me, that that's my greatest regret. And I suppose it's... And I think, Pete, that it should lead on to, the, to your topic in terms of how mm. good this Liverpool side actually are in terms of what yep. they're able to do and what they can do. Particularly yep. as we're looking at Gerrard coming back with an Aston Villa side. And I'm telling you now, Stephen Gerrard is going to be so fired up to get a result at Anfield. Yep. Right? He's not in the park. He's not in the park. Like, and uh, So I don't worry. I, look, I look at John McGinn and I think, tidy player. Uh, is, is, um, is, is Danny Ings fit? You know, uh, you know, I don't think we'll, he is. Will Tyrone Mings, you know, be able to deal with Mohamed Salah's movement, Sadio Mane's movement? I mean, Aston Villa have done well in three to four. But it, it, just to reiterate my point, I don't know how good a team is when they play against Liverpool because Liverpool make so much shit out of them, to be, to be quite honest, until they go and play against someone else. Tonight, for example, I watched 90 minutes of Everton. Well, I watched 45 minutes of Everton versus Arsenal and I actually found myself going, yeah, he's not a bad player. He's not, Godfrey's not a bad player. But against Liverpool or whoever, against Liverpool, might as well have been anonymous. Liverpool are that good that you don't know how good players are playing against them. That's how dominant they are. So Aston Villa coming to us next week, I'm not worried about Aston Villa. Okay, John McGinn might might have the the capability to have a, a few good minutes, but you have to have ninety great minutes in order to beat this Liverpool. Mm. So Liverpool are on a different level to everybody in this league now, and I'll include Manchester City today. I wouldn't swap our defence for them. I wouldn't swap that ropey goalkeeper that they have. Davo, you might disagree. Phil, you might disagree. His distribution's not bad, but he has incredibly ropey moments in him. I, I certainly wouldn't. I wouldn't have Laporte in our 
team wouldn't mightn't even ha- have him in our squad the way the squad is looking. Maybe Diaz I'd have beside Van Dijk. Uh, their fullbacks I wouldn't take. I think Man City can concede a goal against anybody. Chelsea, I look at Timo Werner can, continuing to play up front for them, and I think they'll they'll come a cropper against bad sides because he'll miss chances. The young for they've got Havertz. I don't fancy him that much. You know, to, I think the midfielders have a have a mistake. And Golo Kante is an undoubtedly world class. But I'm telling you, I think Liverpool are on a different level. To, and it's not because I'm a Liverpool supporter. I just think the team has been honed so well, so well. But you don't. It's no coincidence you go to Old Trafford against any Manchester United side and win five zero, and then the next week they have their resurgence against someone else. This Liverpool side. I mean, we've been saying it for a while. I didn't even think I said it in the last time I was on. I didn't think Liverpool at the moment, at that moment, thought knew how good they actually were. Klopp seems to realise. You know, I see he he knows better than that, uh, anyone how good we are. But I honestly think talking about are Leicester going to damage us? Are Spurs? It's rubbish. None of these teams are going to get near us. A victory for them is not getting beat by Liverpool at their own park. Look at how disappointed Wolves were. To having by the way, it wasn't a fantastic defensive display by anyone but Connor Cody, who was like Kevin Morden, like prime Kevin Morden on uh, on Saturday. But the rest of it was bad finishing. And you know, just riding your riding your look on the ropes. This Liverpool are on a different level to ever, and it's down to what what you're saying, Gar. That midfield tree for me and Mohamed Salah. It's just, I mean, for for a lad like that to finish seventh in in any competition, it's just unbelievable. You're talking about the best centre forward, the best forward thinking player on the planet. Everyone else is museum thinking. Cristiano Ronaldo. This is. Is, is a museum player. Oh, yeah, he was good, so he must, you know, Leo Messi, that's a museum. Or I didn't do anything that was worth a damn last year for anybody. Mohamed Salah is on a different plane. Now, forget about a different level, different plane to everybody else. He was asked a question on Saturday night, how do you feel about finishing? And he didn't even laugh, he just laughed. You, you laugh when you know that it's funny. It's on a different, maybe Lewandowski was on the same level, but against Augsburg, and, and pub teams in Germany. This Liverpool team's on a different level. Everyone, people slating Sadio Mane lately. But if you put Bernardo Silva stats up beside Sadio Mane's this season, they're the same. And yet people are saying that Bernardo Silva, he's an arsehole, but he's a great player. Sadio Mane gets slated every week. But because he's on a different level, so people expect Liverpool are just on a different level. To Forget about... We're going to win one of those big trophies, if not both. The only thing that will stop us, as you said, might be a ropey January, a couple of big lads going away and hope they're not away and get injured. But we are on a different level, lads, to everybody else in that league. We don't have any competition. Man City don't even have any centre-forwards. I'm not afraid. For the first time, not afraid of City. Chelsea will fall away. There will be a distant toward. It's between us and City, and I think we beat them. I, I, I just think we're on a different level. Gar, is Pete right? This uh, Man City team, lads, is good. Let's let's be 100% honest here. Uh, Pete, I disagree with John Silva. He's playing over skin at the moment, to be fair to him. He's Better been than different levels. That, that, goal, that goal last week. No, uh, no they're, they're two different players, Pete, in my opinion. So, no, no, but I'll say statistically, though, you know, everyone is talking about stats. stats no, in my opinion, they're two different players, mate. Um, two totally different players. Um, they, they, 
they both have their their uh, advantages. I think Mane is outrageous. I think the way our front three are playing uh, this year is, I suppose, with Mane and Jota uh, lately, the way they're switching uh, intermittently is, is is outstanding to watch. Uh, Salah will just do his own damage in, in from from his side. Um, because as you've just said, he's he's different gravy. Uh, if they've also got Canseo, who's been who's been class, um, absolutely out of this world. Guardiola's obviously made him. I know Phil has had his pops at Guardiola before, but uh, Canseo Nick. is has been has become an absolutely class player. To be fair to him, Diaz is class. Uh, Walker for me is suspect at times. Yeah, on his recovery. Uh, yeah, we are we are outrageous. Um, but it'll be our own on the own lads. We we've seen it against Brentford this year. Um, and the Brighton game, it, it it'll be our own on the own. Um, against uh, the so-called shittier sides that you and the West Ham game, the West Ham game. Sorry, apologies. Yeah. Um, again, you know, you saw them the weekend. Uh, it was a, a great win front. To be fair, but I, I, I'm. I wouldn't be like the lads in the group in writing this this Chelsea team so highly. They play two defensive midfielders. Uh, they've got three good centre halves to be fair, and and their wing backs have been playing well. Uh, but they do, you know, they do set out uh, with a base to defend. Um, as you can see, we're playing two hold midfielders. Says it off for me. Kante uh, is, is is class, but I'm not a big Kovacic fan. Um, to be honest with you. Um, I think he's getting a tune out of him in there. Uh, Havertz is is very good. Uh, Lukaku to me still has a lot to prove in in, in the Premiership because, um, you know, I saw, I saw him the weekend. He didn't put up any trades. He hasn't. I know he's he had a little injury, uh, but they'll struggle having no forward. I think um, Werner is. He's no is, keeper. Is, and Thiago still. Uh, what's what's their silver? Their Thiago, their centre back. For me, not not for me. And they've no keeper. I, I don't see it. I, I don't see it in Chelsea at all. Who has no keeper? Yeah. Chelsea. Bollocks. I don't think Mendy... I, 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 I don't really ta- you, you may as well take the dreads off and talk to you at the top of your head because that's... <laughs> you, you like, you, you like he had, he had, he you had like one Mendy, bad yeah. game. He had one bad game against know. West Ham. And oh, Alisson had an absolute mare against West Ham as well, yeah. right? And I it must think be that fucking Mendy, stadium. <laughs> Mendy has... Mendy has... Been instrumental in the change in that Chelsea defence. And I just want to tell you, we, 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 yeah, he is, yeah. He's more better than Kepa. Yeah, but and I mean, he's, he's, he's your classic. He's your classic. What was your, what was your man, Mushroom's head, um, Peter Cech, right? They, buy, they got him from nowhere, right? Mm. Um, and he held down that Chelsea goalkeeper spot for, for donkeys. And before him, they struggled and they had Ed the Gooey before that, right? And then they had the fella who wore tracks of buttons under a shite down. So I, I think, honestly, Mendy is 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 a smashing keeper. Like I agree, I agree with you, Phil. And the the biggest thing about it all is is when when Kepa plays that back three or that back five or whatever. Look at him behind them, and they're fucking petrified, <laughs> petrified. But Mendy, he's he, he was, he, yeah, I agree, P. Yeah, Poor. He is, yeah. he, he's a young goalkeeper that had a big price tag on him, and it's way too heavy on his shoulders. Um, but when it comes when when Mendy plays, they that back three. Have nothing but confidence in him. We agree with you. He was absolutely stinking the other day, but he's 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 fucking. He's probably he's been up there with probably one of their best players. You do not think a goalkeeper can be good by virtue of the fact that he's not Kepa. If you follow me, no, it's almost like because oh, that, that, here, if, so if, if that's the case, then, but if that's the case, then Carrius is great. No, 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 because he's not many like. 
No, no Curtis was, was carried, was, 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 you know, had a season. And then, you know, the Champions League final, to be honest with you, on top of a few rugby performances, finished him. You know, he was never, I don't think Curtis was ever, it was always Curtis. And then, and in the end, the Champions League final was like, oh, for fuck's sake, this was coming. So I, I, my, 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 I, I puff around the cheese and shout up there because I think it's it's the most valid um, retort to your explanation that Liverpool are by far the best team and, and miles ahead of everyone else. Like, you look at City, right? And I, I, I don't write Ray Guardiola, but they spent, they don't spend anything less than 50 million on every player that they have on, on that mm. team, right? Mm. Um, they go out and sign the best players they can in the, in the position. So even when they don't have a centre forward, they can still have fellas who score loads of goals. They can still find a way because because Guardiola's system doesn't rely on having a centre mm. forward as such. So it makes no difference to them. And that team is built to play his style of football. Um, it has its failures. It has its, its moments where it hasn't worked in England. But if they're not great and they're a point ahead of us, then there's something wrong with us if we're the best team that's ever lived. Now, oh, listen, I, 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 would, I wouldn't be as down. Uh, listen, I'm... I think City are excellent. I think we're excellent. I think if you if you put the three teams together and the three of them a full tilt, I'd say there's a fairly good argument that we're we're the we're probably yeah. the best a full tilt out of three of them. Mm. I wouldn't be as down on Chelsea as Gary is. I think they've a real solid base with with, with Kepa. Um, they're different. That, that, they're my different, point is, my point is, right, I'm not being yeah, down on yeah, them, right? I'm, yeah. I'm being, and you've just spoken about a keeper there, right? You've you've got a back three who 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 do low block a lot, lads, right? Mm. Um, you're the same when Chelsea won the won a league under Courtois. You're the back four who sat very, very, very deep because it had zero pace uh, as a centre half, right? That that in in you know, keeper is good, right? But I do I do admit he has a lot of mistakes, and we always try to shout into the group. Davo, I'm mm, not going to say mm. it too loud. I'll be I'll be mm. lynched here. <laughs> but you've got a back back three who sit, and you've got two wing backs who who often sit in as a back five at times. Okay, you've got two holding midfielders there. They don't leave a lot of space in there, lads. So therefore, you're not going to get many shots against the keeper, correct? Yeah, solid. No, it's yeah. it's set up to defend, and and that's right because it gives you a solid base to attack from, correct? Mm. But I, I do. There is mistakes in Mendy. I do yeah. think, right? He's a good keeper. He's a hell of a lot better than Kepa. But um, when he's been do, called on, though, Gary tends to yeah, no, he's made shit more often than not. Let's be fair to him. Mm. Yeah, against mm. us, he had a mare. He he's styles for a goal. Yeah. Gary, you're a coach. Low blocks, high blocks, fucking pony blocks. I like to blocks. attack, I like to attack, right? You know. I, I know, I know, mate, but attacking isn't the only way of winning football matches. I, I, I understand that, matches. and I, I would go out to win a game 1-0. 1-0 is just as satisfying as, as winning 4-0 mm. at times, you know. Uh, the, biggest question mark, the biggest question mark I have on, on Chelsea is Tuchel himself, right? When he's been involved in close title fights, which is in, in Germany, he's, he, he hasn't, been able to, hasn't been able yeah. to live with the team that's there, right? True. Um, Guardiola has gone toe to toe with Klopp and he's won. That's like that's 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 it's there in the record box, um, and Klopp has managed to get one over Guardiola. So, I think it's fascinating. The three teams are by far and away better than anything else that's in the league mm. by mm. having the consistency. Mm. My worry is that the slight quality difference between our seconds and I'm talking about our true seconds. I'm not talking about the lads who are equally capable of coming in and being in the first eleven. I'm mm. talking about when we do lose Mane and we do lose Salah off to the AFCON, you're bringing in Minamino for an extended spell. You're bringing in Divock Origi for an extended spell. Like that's the true test of where the squad is. Or do mm. you change your style and change your, your the way you play to manage that period. So you don't necessarily go like for like. You maybe change the system around you do something completely different, right? That 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 you weren't thinking of beforehand. Um 
And then the fear is that if you look at City, they could spend 150 million yeah. in January to bring in Haaland. They could spend 350 million to bring in Mbappe if they wanted in in January. Like that, they don't. They have they make up sponsorship deals, they make up um, lot of wins and stuff like this just so that they can go and spend money. Like they just they they, 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 want, they, they win the lotto and then they can go and spend, buy a new player because the lotto is not countable in in, in FFB. Right? They won the lotto six times. They they'll actually win the Irish lotto because it hasn't been won since June, since right? And, and only in Ireland can the lotto be rolled over for about 20 weeks and the amount not actually increase. So if there's anyone watching this, if they could actually tell us what's going on there, because it's like it's been 19 million now for the last 10 weeks and it hasn't been won. Um, and there's no cap, by the way. This is just, they just put this sort of ceiling on and said that's enough. Uh, but that to me is the key to this. So do I think, I, I think Liverpool is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful football team that does have identifiable weaknesses and is slightly reliant on being a wee bit lucky in injuries in certain parts of the pitch. So if our goalkeeper gets injured, I'm not worried because we've got a phenomenal backup in Cueve mm. Kelleher behind them, right? If our centre-backs get injured, we've got phenomenal backup centre-backs, which we didn't have last season and we've, we've really made the difference. If our left-back gets injured, we've got a fantastic left-back to come in. If our right-back gets injured, that's a gap. Yeah, You know yeah. what I mean? Like they, they, that's why... That to me is where we start talking about, okay, that levels are slightly different in terms of when you look at, and, and I'd say Chelsea have the same issue. I think when, when, when Lukaku out, they don't beat the shy teams because that, he was bought in specifically to score goals against the shy teams because mm. he doesn't do it in the big matches and he doesn't do it mm. against the big teams. He, he wasn't bought. Yeah, but he was he wasn't bought to beat Liverpool and beat Chelsea and beat sorry, beat, beat Man City and, and beat the, the big games. He was bought to beat the West Ham's, the Spurs's, the Everton's, the Brentfords, the Bournemouths, the small teams that you just need to have those relentless goal scorers that you go against. Yeah, take the trash out, hundred percent. No, no, yeah, look, I think I think you're right about Lukaku. Mm. Flat track, flat track bully. He's that's kind of how he's been in England. Like he, he, you're right. He, do, he doesn't really perform against uh, the bigger sides. But particularly, listen, someone could throw up stats for me from other games, but against Liverpool, any time he's played, he's always been fairly yeah. anonymous. Yeah, found out. Well, yeah. The problem Chelsea are going to have is, is that it might have changed over the weekend, but I think Reese James, that top scorer, he was a right wing back. Um, he's five goals, I think, this year. I think he's their top scorer. So, listen, the, the, the great thing is that the three kind of different teams, City and Liverpool, are obviously a bit closer than the way Chelsea play, but I think it's going to go right to the war. I think that, I think that, like you said, I agree, Phil. I think that three of them are head and shoulders. I actually couldn't believe. How far, I know it's early, well, it's not early, we're in December. I actually couldn't believe how far ahead the trade and where from Fort. I think it was eight or nine points mm-hmm. already from ahead of Fort. So, I, I, like, it's like their head and shoulders above uh, what's there. So, it's so, going to be uh, fascinating. I think it is. And I think December is always key because you, you, they all get to play so many games where mm. with, with so little time between them and it always shows up mad results. No matter, mm. no matter what it is, we've been, we've been blessed since 2017. That's that I think means mm. that at some point we're going to get a kick in the bollocks because that's just the way statistics go and that's what will happen. Right. So it's just, it's, mm. it's where it is. But I, 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 I am like, I love this team. I love what Klopp has done with them. I love how they do it. I love what the way we play football and the way we approach games. But I don't. I'm not. I don't. I, I'm not in the space that says that this team is the most amazing football team to have ever walked the planet because it's still got an equal level of opponents to it. Because if it did, there'd be nobody within touching distance of them. And this time now, we're looking at three teams that are going toe for toe. And when you look, it's we Chelsea lose a game, 
we end up top of the league, City go above us. We're already into this bacon slicer, can't afford to drop points, <laughs> March feeling to games mm. when we haven't even got to the halfway stage in the league. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This normally mm. happens in February, March time. This is it's it's barely gone December and we're worried about well we can't afford to drop points against Villa and things because those lads are just gonna keep winning now. And that like we've come out of a, a, a funny spell where we drop points to Brentford and, and Brighton. And like you're thinking we can't afford to have another one of those spells because you might end up three or four points behind and where do you get those three or four points? You have to then go and win those games against Chelsea and against City, whereas mm. you want to have your cushion, you want to build your cushion mm. so you can take advantage of their misses. But this is this is going to be pressure that we've never seen before. Fair, fair play, fair play. DP not being worried. I worry about every fucking game. I'd be worried about Shrewsbury at home in the cup now. Yeah, ten minutes to before kickoff, I'm I'm terrible, feeling sick, and you know, and now that I have all every channel you could want, it's it's just horrible because you know you have to watch and it. But then it kicks off. Yeah. Now you're right. I agree with you. It's you you're right. I'm just. I'm just a glass it's, half empty behind the couch job. I do, it's a long. Can you remember? I can't remember the last time we were dominated. Can I just say that Jono says, Phil, I got to take into account they're going up against a team that is owned by a country and a team that is owned by an oligarch. This isn't the 80s. I don't give a shit. The no. fact is, we're going up against them. So you can only beat what's in front of you, right? Mm. And when it comes to the football pitch, it doesn't matter who owns them, how much money is being pumped into them. If we want to win the league, we have to beat them. <laughs> it's like we have to match their results and better the results. And that's what's been brilliant so far in the way we've done it. Yeah, I'm we're capable hope, of it. And I, and I think it's, it, you know, we're hated because like we're doing it the right way. Well, insofar, don't get me wrong, I'm not, we're not pretending that we're not spending money, but we're spending okay. our money. You know? Okay, and, and key to this has been so far, the key to us that's allowed us to do this, right, is the fact that we have the best player on the planet, and that's Mo Salah, right? And I think what's been widely now touted that there's still no contract signed. There's still no, doesn't seem to be something that's... Um, on the table mm. to say he's happy with it. But his press briefings, it's particularly the one that was that came out this morning. Yeah. In my mind, if you actually t- look at the statements, you look what said, it's it's calculated, it's brilliant. But it is a player who doesn't want to leave. And it is a player who's openly saying he doesn't want to leave and wants to stay. And I know the guys, I know FSG are fantastic businessmen, have done fantastically brilliant work with Liverpool in terms of getting us to where we are but my god my god I think every single one of us I, I if, if Salah wants 500 grand a week I'll give him 500 grand a week who are we going to get to replace him in the next three years that's going to be at his level right? you'd have to replace him with three players and you can't play three players in uh, at one go because then you'd be playing 13 players and that's not allowed in, in modern day football really? it's, 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 yeah, it's <laughs> but, so I think from what they were what, if you if you walk in between the lines in terms of reading what's in there and you see Klopp says yeah and Klopp is being sensible he says these things don't happen overnight you have to go and you have to uh, more or less negotiate and, and everyone is I sitting think, down I think Klopp's comments were probably uh, good Phil or they'd be po- yeah. I, I would perceive them as positive what he said to that. yeah, well, yeah. I, I, I personally would I do and I don't because mm. um, he also sat at a press conference and said that there's nothing to worry about in terms of Genie's contract and that this should be sorted out uh, relatively soon mm. So that's my only fear. Like, I think this is probably a bit of a different situation. Yeah. Like you said, we're talking about the best player on the planet here. This yeah. is like a few of the boys have said in, in our WhatsApps, like this will be a hill FSG will die on if, if he's let go or if he's sold or lets his contract run down. It's probably something they don't recover from. Yeah. Uh, uh, at the club. It won't happen. 
Moment, yeah. listen, I, listen I, I hope so. I seen I seen something today. I don't like you're talking about who do you replace me and everything like that. I seen something today. Listen, I'm gonna just throw the figures out there. They could be wrong. Someone on Twitter saying four hundred grand a week for four years is eighty three million. Now, like that's like that's that's small fucking change when you're dealing with a player yeah. of of his standard. And like you said, right, say he goes. It's just someone's gonna coach you. You're gonna be looking for a player that's 80, yeah. 80, 80 or hundred minutes. The to replace problem him. is. The problem is, Davo, when you give it to Salah, you might have Van Dijk's agent come to you. You might have Mane's agent come to you. You might have Trent's agent come to you. So what they do, I can understand what FSG are trying to do here. What they need to do is they need to do this to the last minute. They need to draw this out to show people, listen, there's no doubt the club is going to give them a new contract, but they can't be seen. If you're on a business, you can't be seen, oh, yeah, we can just do this at a whim. They have to show everyone that this is an absolutely exceptional circumstance for an absolutely exceptional player. And it comes along, who comes along once every 20, 25 years. So just in case anybody else's agent thinks that we're going to go around and do this dance with your player. No, this man He's at the top of the Christmas tree. Everybody else will have to accept their place within the structure. And I think this is more the game, if I'm being honest. The longer this goes on, the more obvious it is. You can't, because what happens is if you say after two weeks, we fold, here's the contract, even though it's widely acknowledged how good this guy is. What happens is if I'm Virgil van Dijk, I'm like, well, you know, I'm just as important. Or if I'm Trent Alexander, I'm just as important. I, I also want to be on that level. I think it has to be shown to everyone that this man, it took a year plus to negotiate this and get it right. This is an absolute exception. And I, and I think it's smart. I think it's smart. I think this is the way to do it. Dav, what did you say? 83 million, was it? Approximately. It's, look, it looks in there. Someone on Twitter was saying, listen, 400 grand a week over four years. How, 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 how much over that time? And keeping that form up, does he make back? I don't know. I'm not sure how his image rights are uh, uh, contracted into him or whatever, or what Liverpool make off that. But how much does that make you back? I would imagine it's... But you'd imagine trying to replace him, Gary. You basically oh, have a world-class player there. There's nothing there, out there. There's nothing out there. There's nothing out there. There's nothing out there. And people can give me fucking Mbappe all they want. Mm-hmm. There's nothing out there. Right? There's nothing mm-hmm. out there. I'm not having it, right? Um, Haaland is an exception. But he's, again... He's to come to England and prove himself, right? He's unbelievable. He's a great finisher, right? But there's, it doesn't happen. There's no one like him at the moment. He is different gravy. Let's let's be honest here. Um, he, he makes you that money back tenfold. Eric, Eric, Eric kit deal gives us a greater percentage of kit sales, right? Um, mm-hmm. Than previous deals, and is, is is so important to us that it was designed to maximise our profitability. If we sell Mohamed Salah now. Having made him a war class brand and a war class football and icon. That's not just an African football and icon, right? A player who's the face of the team and immediately recognizable all over the world as Liverpool's most important and most uh, attacking player. Then it defeats the purpose of going and, and getting that deal with Nike in the first instance. Mm. You know, in many salads, if you know, it, it, it's Salah. So, I, 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 your argument falls apart. Right, because I'll tell you why. why? Van Dijk has just signed the contract, so if he goes back in and says, I want a new contract, you just have to fuck off. Right, that's one. Why are you, you're you telling me in your right mind you're going to tell that anybody's going to tell the best defender on earth to fuck off because he's going yeah, to be. I'll tell you why, P. Well, because he's, because just signed, be he's just signed he's a contract. Be, yeah, he's, but signed, he's, he's done his deal. He's, he's going to be eclipsed. 
Why he's 150,000 euros he's, a week? He's done his deal. His deal Listen, is done. Yeah, but the only thing about the only thing I would say about that is is if Van Dijk is going in there, I would imagine he's not going in there going, right, give me that bit of paper and I'll sign that for 200 grand a week. He's going in, I'd imagine they're talking, going, right, what's the plans going forward? Who else is signing? What do you think? Are you going to bring somebody in? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, and and club could say, listen, we're confident they're getting Mo. He wants to stay. We want to do a deal. Virgil is going to know that Mo is going to be a more money. Yeah, he's going to know. Virgil's not going back in. Virgil's not going back. Man, I go in and say, I want the same money as, as Salah. And they'll, and on sometime around the next May, they'll stop laughing. Right? They'll <laughs> just say, thanks. Close the door and enjoy your, your year and a half left in your contract. Your replacement is already in place. Good luck. Right, I'm I'm serious here. There's a difference mm. between Mo Salah and every other centre. I agree with you. Every other player we have the club. So this is not one to to drag out. The bigger story here is us nailing this contract and showing we have this guy for another three to four years that we will have him for the whole peak of his football and career, and that Mo Salah's time at Liverpool will be a time of a Liverpool dynasty where we're going to be challenging for the top trophies and he's going to be at the top table and he's going to represent us as that. He's a figurehead. The other side, again, his durability. The best ability is availability, right? And this fella is always available. It is... This has bothered me because I don't want... Like, I don't want this... Dragging on, not there's not a Liverpool fan that wants to drag it on, and I've never been anti FSG. I've never complained about this the the way they've gone. I've said these aren't the people I'd like run the club. I'd love to have a mad oligarch run the club, lumping money into it left, right, and centre. Right, I'm not going to pretend I haven't said that. It's on the podcast, it's on the record. That's that's here. Um, but I'm also happy with the job they've done. I'm also happy with the way that they put a plan in place and follow the plan through. But exceptions happen, and this guy is the exception. And this guy, his his signature, and his contract is a state is as much a statement signing as us signing, say, Haaland in the summer or Mbappe. That's the, that's the statement. Absolutely, but Phil, you can't just throw it out. If you're running you a business and you want it to be unil- you wanted to work unilaterally, and you don't want to queue at your door for other people. Because I'm not saying the players, but their agents. That's their job. The job is to make sure that their their clients are getting the best value for the, what they're giving back as players. But Salah is lethal, Pete. Salah is lethal. Listen, and and Salah is not only, not only is he lethal on the pitch, but he's lethal off the pitch because look at what you he's done. Look I what he's done. Yeah, he's won the PR me, war. He's won the PR war. It's over. You can finish all you want. It's over. He came out. What I think they want to do and I think it's clever of FSG is you almost want the players to be turning around saying, Give him what he wants. The minute, for example, the minute one of the players makes a statement, listen, this has been going on a long time. We, you know, we're all hoping that Mo signs a deal. I think that's when all of a sudden you'll see things changing because then you'll know that, that everybody at the club has bought into the fact that Mo Salah is on a different level, has accepted it, and they just want to make it as part of their forward plan because Mo deserves every penny that he gets. Let's do, listen. Anyone out there talks about greed, they can. Quite frankly, fuck off. This is the best player in the world right now, the most lethal finisher in the world right now. That the everything, the everything. But you need to keep 
the harmony within the club. This cannot turn into a Manchester United or, you know, any other club where things have disintegrated, you know, from petty jealousies. It has to be... Pay more what he's this is not This is not because there's, it's good there's, for the team. There's, there's no, that doesn't happen because this is like saying if you sign Messi, then everyone wants the same money as Messi. Nobody can deliver what he delivers. There's not one player in that dressing room can, uh, can stand up and stand up to him and say, I'm as good as him. Not one player. No matter what position they play on the pitch, there's not one player that can say, I'm as good as him. Not one player has impacted the team as much, impacted the results as much and has done as much for what he's cost. He cost the club 34 million when he walks in the Nothing. door. Right? If we pay him 100 million over the next four years and you split that over the time he's at the club, it's nothing. But Phil, it needs to be said. It needs what, to be what, said. What needs to be said? The problem, the, that needs, to, I'm not talking about me and you and even Jamie Carragher, people out there saying, it needs to be said from within the club. The one thing that's missing about this whole thing is I don't believe that it's been said. I don't believe, like when Messi stayed at Barcelona for the last six or seven years, he could have went anywhere he wanted to go and other players. It was always, there was always someone, for example, when Messi started out, it was always Chabi Iniesta coming forward and saying, listen, we're great players, but this fella's on a different level. It was always said from within the club. I haven't yet seen it said whether it be Klopp saying it, whether it be one of the players saying it, listen, this is our talisman and this is the man. Like Jamie Carragher used to say it about Steven Gerrard all the time when he, they were playing together. I have trophies because of this guy. And I, th- I always thought that that made a huge difference. There was never only bar the Chelsea thing in 2005, 2006, when it looked like he was going to fuck off to Jose Mourinho. I never really thought he was going to leave. But with Mo, it's, he's making it obvious. He doesn't want to leave. He wants to stay. But I just think in order to for everything to be smooth and for people to, I think it needs to be acknowledged from within the club publicly. This guy is at this level and it's the reason that we're able to bore through. It's just not being said. I, we're doing the usual Liverpool thing. Everyone's important. Everyone has a part to play. That's true, but it can also be bollocks. Okay, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. If this deal isn't signed by April, he's gone. Listen, we'll have him for one more season and he's gone. And I agree with you because you don't want nobody wants to depreciate. And, and Messi, if you know, if 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 he's gone, then they will. If they think the backlash about season tickets and all that type of stuff was bad, right? Mm-hmm. Then the, the, the kickback against this this will change the opinion of the majority of rational minded fans because there will be no explanation as to why you would and let him rightly, walk away rightly, at this point. It would be the biggest business fuck up they'll ever make because they'll have to, it, there'll be people coming in with derisory bids and you will have no choice but to accept seven. Also, million. can I just point out, Mohammed, that you are right in your sentiment. However, if the PA has the access to the CEO's emails, they're probably going to get something mm. fairly close to the CEO. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> that's been the podcast tonight um, I hope you hope enjoyed the pod uh, <laughs> it's been uh, an enjoyable debate we didn't tell uh, when, when Gav's head topic says none of us will get debates out of that and have the chats I hope you had tonight I want to thank all the comments coming in uh, great 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 interaction that's going on there I'm sure the lads will pick up stuff more in the week um, if you missed it earlier on uh, Football in the World was on they were discussing number 10s <laughs> uh, it's definitely <laughs> worth <laughs> tuning in all you have to do is search up Football in the World uh, it's the best it's the best podcast it's not called the Forum LFC Day Trippers out there. Um, 
<laughs> it is. They're talking about number 10. Scavs, 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 great. Um, and that this week, there's loads of podcasts on, on the LFC Day Trippers uh, thing. Um, and I've got to go and feed the baby, as, as Red Steve made <laughs> That's basically me. Yeah. I, I, I'll joke aside. Look, I, I really enjoy the comments and the stuff that comes in. Um, hope I uh, I'm around next week to do this again. I don't, it doesn't happen to me in the meantime because, of course, Storm Barra hits us tomorrow, and uh, supposedly it's it's terrible. Uh, I want to thank a big thanks to my good friend and colleague Shane Davin, who's sitting over there. Um, oh, last last colleague Gareth Brain Balone. And then over on that side, see, I can do this. I'm really good at this. Yeah. It's Pete Smith all the way over in Barcelona. It's, it's just phenomenal stuff that it is. It's like, it's a, you have to, we have to change your eyes around to get what's going on. Um, I promise Shane I'll have him out because he's got an early start in the morning. It's 10 past 11. This is a very early start for us. Um, and that's been it. That's been the forum. Good night. God bless. Talk to you next week. Do I who do this thing again? Don't I? You, you press the, you have to press the yoke. <laughs> Because no, I'm doing the wrong yoke here. I still live. I know. Uh, yeah, just like, just, just don't say. Sports Social Podcast Network.